0: He has that next step for you. Let's open up the word today and see what God will say specifically to you. I want to talk to you about moxie. All right. Some of you have never heard the word before unless you've watched really old movies with gangsters in it. You know what I'm talking about? The the, the the guys that talk about having moxie—it's about this idea about having having uh, this 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 courage within you, this a uh, self-awareness of who you are that makes you stand up just a little bit straighter. This this little bit, of, I for those of you who know uh, a Jewish background, I call it chutzpah. Okay, I remember I remember when I first went to Israel uh, <clears throat> way back when dinosaurs roamed the earth and and. I got on this uh city bus, an Egged bus in Jerusalem. And this little old lady, about a four and a half feet tall, knocked me down in order to get to her seat. And I just want you to know that's chutzpah, okay? That's that that's that that tenacity. That and so I think most of us, we see some people and we say, they've got moxie, I don't, or or I wish I had that. Or are a few people out there say, "No, I, I've got, I've got that chutzpah." All right, and you got to get the ch in there, or it's not chutzpah. Okay, and 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 <clears throat> when we open up the Bible, we see certain characters, and and I would put Peter out there as one of those people. Right? I mean, Peter. I mean, he he has just a little bit more of that. That courage, you know, he, he's the guy that stepped out of the boat. He was the one that pulled his sword and cut the guy's ear off. We look at Peter, and he gets nicknamed Rocky, right? He gets this nickname because he has that ability. And, and sometimes you and I think, man, I would like to be like Peter. And yet, at the same time, when we took a, a really good look at Peter, we realized that he wasn't perfect, you know, that um, he... He fell short of even his own standard. Uh, On the night that Jesus was arrested, uh, Jesus warned them all. He said, you guys are going to betray me. You guys are going to not do such a good job. And oh, Peter, not me, not me, not me. Jesus said, no, buddy. By the end of this night, you're going to deny me three times. Not once, but three times. And, and, And see, that's the other side that we all face, isn't it? See, we've all... We've all failed. We've all fallen short of our our greatest hope for ourselves, our imagination that we'll stand strong when we don't do as well as we would like to. We We didn't show up the way we thought we would, you know. See, we've all experienced rejection, haven't we? Every one of us. Now, some of us, we've had some really serious painful rejection experience. Others of us Maybe, but we all know what it is to be rejected. And because of those failures, because of those rejections, because of those gaps between who we want to be and who we should be in reality, what happens is this. We, I don't think I can do it. We have this self-doubt. And, and so that's why just the, having the conversation about Moxie puts us in a kind of a tension, doesn't it? Because we feel like, I'm not so sure I'm a good candidate for that. I'm not ready for that. And so what I want to do is unpack for you today, Peter is an example. Peter denies Jesus three times. You open up the Gospel of John, and, and I encourage you to do that. You know, the, the beauty of the world in which you and I live, we can look at the Gospel of John uh, very quickly on our devices. If you go to the Gospel of John, and, in, in John <clears throat> chapter 20, Jesus is risen from the dead. We already have the account of Peter denying Jesus three times. And in John chapter 20, Jesus arrives. And it's one of these really, you need to know, it's an only kind of Jesus kind of moment, all right? The, The disciples are in the upper room and the door is locked. And it says that Jesus walks into the room. And it is clear in the Greek that he did not open the door. I don't know about you, but I haven't done that lately. I haven't walked on water and I haven't walked... Now, Now, you need to know, my physicist friends say that's fully possible. Because everything is just a bunch of molecules flying around at a high rate of speed. And if you just had the ability to see through them, you could basically go right through... Well, I can't. Like you go through butter. It's totally possible but you and I don't have that ability. Jesus did after the resurrection. See, Jesus is more than a marvel character. Jesus is supernatural at this point. The resurrection changed his authority and his power and the authority and power which he gives us. Okay? He changes everything. And it's in that risen state that Jesus comes into the room with the disciples. And you need to know, this is the birth of the church, okay? Prior to this, no one has ever been saved through believing in the risen Lord. Now, understand me on this, okay? This is an important concept. Prior to this moment in the upper room in John chapter 20, everyone that was saved by believing in the Messiah, believed that one day the Messiah would come, would would die as the Lamb of God for them, and rise from the dead. That was the promise. So Abraham was saved by believing that the Messiah would come one day. At this moment, the disciples are the first people who have believed in the Messiah, but the Messiah has risen from the dead. And in that upper room moment in in John chapter 20, they have this conversation with Jesus. Jesus says, you're forgiven, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathes on them and they receive the Holy Spirit. Look at it. Go to the Bible and look at it. I'm not making this up. This is important to to how you and I approach God and Jesus because now Jesus is the supernatural one that has conquered the grave, okay? Okay. And he says, receive the Holy Spirit. Now somehow Thomas shows up late to lunch. And he says, I'll never believe unless I see the marks on his hands and his side. And he gets in there and Jesus says, so big doubter. Okay, and you and I have to admit, we've been, we've been like, I've been like Thomas, okay? And he says, my Lord and my God. That's Thomas's salvation point. Because in Romans it tells us, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. So, bam, Thomas is in. See, this is why the moment you and I say, okay, I've investigated the claims of Christ Jesus, I believe that he truly was the Son of God, that he was fully flesh, that he died on a cross, he was buried, and he rose again, I believe that. I confess that with my, you're saved. That is what Christians believe, Okay. So this would make John chapter 20 the birthday of the church, right? Now what's interesting about that is you flip over one more page. John chapter 21. It says that the disciples went to Galilee fishing. Typical guys, right? They get a day off and they're going fishing. Right? The ladies, you would never do that. You would do something else. We won't say what you would do because then I'll get into another stereotype and I'll be in trouble with you, right? And while they're there, Jesus shows up. John chapter 21, okay? Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the sea of Tiberias, and it happened this way. And it says that Jesus ate lunch with them, okay? Or ate breakfast with them. He ate. So you're saying the Rizis, Jesus eats food, according to scripture he walks through walls and he still eats food and 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 so there's substance to Jesus there's 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 something supernatural to the risen Jesus but it's in this encounter that that Jesus we call it restores Peter all right but he comes to Peter he kind of like says hey come here come aside and he steps aside with you, Peter and he has this conversation And three times he says to Peter, do you love me? I've given you just the verse of the third time for the sake of time, okay? In your notes, all right? The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time. Can I just pause there? Can I tell you, sometimes... God asks us things that hurt us. Now think about this. Sometimes God asks you to do a self evaluation. What he's saying to John is, what John, excuse me, what Jesus is saying to Peter is, Peter, I know you messed up. Peter knows he's messed up. Has it ever made you mad when someone pointed out when you did something wrong? Yeah. Has it ever hurt you? See, no one likes having our flaws pointed out, do we? But Jesus, Jesus does it in a kind way, doesn't he? He does it in a loving way. In, in, do, do you still love me? And and what Peter is learning in the midst of this is, I can love God. I can love Jesus. I can fall short of the mark. And He still loves me. He still accepts me. It doesn't put me in the bin of unusable. You see that? See, you, you don't get taken off the shelf as irregular you know what I'm saying? You, you don't get thrown in the discard pile. You don't get put to the side. He says, Pete, your mistakes do not keep you from being the rock. Hmm. See, you and I we look at ourselves in the mirror and we keep making our list of our flaws. Well, you know, if I'd grown up in a Christian home or if I knew more about God or if I understood the Bible or if I hadn't had that one night, we come down to these crazy things and we think, and, and Peter right now, he's not saying that one night does not exclude me from discipleship. Hmm. There's hope for me. There's hope for you. All right. Do you love me, he said. Lord, you know all things. You're God, for sakes. I mean, come on. You know that I love you, Jesus said. Then feed my sheep. Jesus seems to have one one focus. If you love me, let's get on with it. It's time to start helping. Well, who are the sheep? Well, didn't God create all the world and all of humanity? Yeah, so he's like, get out there and get to every one of the people that you can with the rest of the life of breath in you and let them know that I am real, that I've risen from the dead. Get out there and let's get going, son. Don't let the failures of the past, don't let the, the mistakes of your past Keep you from moving forward. See, one of the, the, the greatest realities that you and I face in the time in which we live is some of us wanted to go back to normal. God wants us to get moving forward. I don't believe we want to go back to Egypt. I don't believe we want to go back to the way life was. We need to move forward. That's what God is about. And so in moving forward, you have to learn to stand with who you are. Can you imagine... How many times Peter had to tell his story around the globe? Okay, Because we know Peter Peter made it all across the empire at that time. We don't know all the places we made it to, but we know that he showed up. And at times it was around campfires, at times it was in synagogues, at times it was in community squares. But, But they would say, well, tell us about your following him. Well, let me just tell you my story. And as part of his testimony, he had to say, you need to know. The night that they arrested Jesus and they brutalized him, I saw it, but I denied that I was his friend. Oh, man. See, we're afraid to admit our failures. We're still protecting ourselves. Pete didn't get that option. You really don't have that option. If you're going to have moxie, You've got to be willing to stand up and admit, I screwed up, and this is the way I screwed up, okay? But I'm moving forward. That doesn't define who I am for the rest of my life, okay? So can you stand up for who you are? The question is, who were you before? Do you know what your life was like before you met God? I mean, were you restless? Were you aimless? Were you fill in the blank? Were you broken, you know? And then when did you finally take God seriously? You know, the, the broken person said, I finally found someone who could fix me. You know, the perfect car repair shop. You know what I'm saying? When I found God, He transformed the, my life. He healed the broken wound in my life. You know, for me, I, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, but, but I had to, when I was, you know, about 19 years old, I decided that I was going to make God my God, not the God of my parents. And for me, the first step was, I mean, I already knew God, but the first step was I was going to be baptized of my own volition. My parents had me baptized because of their worldview, and and I had to make the decision, no, I'm all in. I want to be baptized in water because I need me to know that. Does that make sense? No disrespect to them. This was all respect for God and my choice in that. If you haven't done that, and and I can tell you that in that moment, my life was forever changed. After that, I began to realize that I had to stand up for what it meant to be a Christian for me, not because of my heritage or my identity. And at some point, every one of us, if you're a teenager here today, you've got to decide... Do you believe in your worldview because of what your parents believe or because of what you believe? Is it your worldview? That makes parents nervous because sometimes they abandon our worldview. But guess what? They've got to know who they believe and what they believe, and that's why this is an important discussion. Okay, And when are you most likely to share your hope? You know? And I think I think the, the reason we'll share our story with other people is when we believe our story matters to that person, when we believe that our, our story matters. And over time of, of sharing your story, you begin to see that your story matters because your God story is the way God works in real people's lives, and you're willing to tell other people about how God has worked in your life. It's not an arrogance. It's not a, a rudeness. It's not that. No, no. It's, it's more about the fact that you just realize that if I don't tell them... They'll never hear from somebody like me. And and you begin to believe that your life matters to the tapestry of all of God's people that is out there. When you you look at at the variety of God's people, it's like looking at one of Grandma's quilts. Now think about this for a second. Grandma would unfurl a quilt and she would say, now this, this part of the quilt reminds me of Grandpa when he was working at the mill. You understand what I'm saying? And then she would take different pieces about their life and whatnot. Well, the tapestry of the church is, this is the body of Christ in Africa, and this is the body of Christ in India, and this is the body of Christ in Columbus. And you see what I'm saying? It's this beautiful tapestry of men and women and young people of every tongue and tribe all over the world. It's a beautiful picture of the nature of God and His relationship with His creation. And how he's made himself real. Will you let us help you in this process? Listen to Peter. He tells us what we need to do. Remember, we're still talking about Peter, right? But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared. Say always. So just not on the weekends. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. There's a couple things in there that I think Peter makes that are really clear. Number one, he says, we need to always be prepared to share the hope that we have. So it's about the hope. Why do you have hope in the midst of the world in which we live in? Well, it's God. God has been the source of our hope throughout our lifetime, throughout this season. But secondly, he says, make sure when you share it, you you share it in a way that is palatable. Don't be rude. Don't be obnoxious. Don't be pushy. Don't be angry. Don't be shouting at people that you're going to hell, you're an awful person, you scum. It's not attractive. Abandon that. Set it aside. Try, you know, you look like a perfect person to experience God's love. Try... You are an amazing person. You ever think about who made you? Because this couldn't just happen. I don't believe someone as wonderful as you just happened. Everything about you seems so perfectly designed, like you were designed for something amazing. How's that sound like a pickup line? Try introducing people to God's love. If I find out you're using my lines to pick up people, I will come after you. (laughs) Goodness me. Sick. Where did you learn that line? Church, want to (laughs) go? Another pickup line. Oh, where am I? The other thing that Peter says here is that people will maliciously malign you. He says that there's evil in the world, that that you and I are going to have to contend with that. Do not forget that. Do not forget that evil is in this world. Do not forget that. Will you let us help you prepare? Would you you let the church come into your life and begin to challenge you to raise the bar that you can do more, that you can share more, you can say more, that you can make a difference? Can I I tell you that, that this is probably not a good thing for me to admit, but but I was never really impressed with Christians. <laughs> I was never really impressed, uh, and, and, and I thought, man, I don't know that I really want to be a Christian. It was one of the, the hurdles that I had to come across was, I just thought, man, if I follow God, I'm going to miss out on so much fun. You may have thought that. I clearly did. I just admitted it. Okay? I mean, I, I, I looked at pastors, and I thought, man, there is no way I ever want to be a pastor. Ah. I mean, those guys, so boring. They dress so bad. I mean, I don't even know how to say it, you know. But what I learned is this. When I came to know the Lord and I gave my life to Him, instead of believing that it would diminish my life, I found out that God opened up doors of opportunity. It totally transformed my life. Because I said yes to God, I've had to, I have the awesome, amazing experience of meeting so many wonderful people from all over the world. I, I, I've I would have never gotten the education that I got were it not for God. He challenged me. He 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 put me in a position. He opened doors for me to get an education that I never even desired. And and then God opened the door for me. i I've, I've been to Mexico, to Africa, to India. Israel, sharing the hope of Jesus Christ. This is Pastor Doyle Jackson for The Church Next Door. Reading the Bible is important. It's something that every Christian should do. It will transform your life. It'll help you grow spiritually. It is good for you. Join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes every day. We'll give you insights and we'll encourage you. So read the Bible with me and join me daily. That's A Year in the Bible, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. Now is a great time for us just to stop and pray. You know, we've been thinking about God and His Word, but it's it's no good if we don't apply it. So let's take a moment and let's pray. I know for me that I think about my food every day because I'm hungry. So let's take some time and pray for our farmers and the producers of our food and all our supplies. Lord, I know you have a heart for farmers because you taught about the wheat and the grapevines, and you talked about going out and plowing and sowing and reaping. So God, you have a heart for the farmer. Jesus, you even said that the Father is like the vine tender. So in in some way, Jesus, you compared the father to a farmer. So today, we're asking you to bless the farmers. God, I thank you for Angus Buchan. He's a farmer that I love and an evangelist. May the farmers be evangelists in our nation. May they stand up. and, And Lord, we are praying that you will help them to produce well that their fields would be fruitful, that their animals would be fruitful, that the things they lay their hands on would be blessed. Because God, when you bless the farmer our grocery store is full, that we have food to eat when we live in a neighborhood. God, most of us don't even know how it gets there anymore. And God, we want to declare, we know that you are the one that causes the earth to bear fruit, that you are the one that gives us every life within every womb, whether it be a human being, or a sheep, or a cow, or a goat, Lord, you are the giver of life, and we're asking you today to cause life to to go forth. Lord, you commanded it in the garden, and we're, we're still in charge of life, and so Lord, the, the farmers are on the front lines of our spiritual condition and our relationship with you, and so we're praying for there to be a revival among the farmers, that they would seek you, and trust you for their produce, and trust you for your life, and we come before you not because we're worthy, but because Jesus told us to pray, to ask, to seek, and to knock. And we're asking you to cause the farmers to be blessed in Jesus' name. Thank you for praying with me. You know, as a pastor, as, as your pastor, I want you to know one of the most powerful things you can do and I can do is pray together. And I'd like for you to begin to join me in prayer every day. And so we've created a free prayer guide. But you have to go to our website, yournextstepnow.com. Give us your email address, and you can download the ebook. It's for you, but it's also to begin to grow in prayer. It's the best thing that will ever happen to you. Go to yournextstepnow.com, and give us your email address, and get your prayer guide today. Your Next Step is a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued. But to financially support the ministry, visit thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. That's thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. Of course, we'll be glad to send you a gift of thanks in return. For more resources to guide and grow your faith, you can visit doylejackson.com. That's D-O-Y-L-E jackson.com. If you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888-644-4034. That's 888 888- Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next time for Your Next Step.